did she do? Women Decker, hello, I'm Samsara and you are listening to What Did She Do? Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge this podcast is created in Nam on the lands of the Kulin Nation and thank them for allowing us to tell our stories here. What Did She Do? is a podcast which features reviews written by myself and keeps you up to date with live theatre and events in Melbourne. Let's begin by looking at what is on in Melbourne this week. It's January, so the theatre scene is pretty quiet for one more week at least. Chicago the Musical is in the State Theatre at Art Centre Melbourne. The show is playing all the way through to the 21st of February and you can find out more at chicagothemusical.com. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is also at Her Majesty's Theatre with the season having been extended to the 2nd of February. You can get more information at charliethemusical.com. The movies showing at Move and Bed in St Kilda Beach this week include Hustlers, Charlie's Angels, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Addams Family, Ford vs Ferrari and Pulp Fiction. And for more information about those, head to moveinbed.com. M Pavilion brings Signal Summer Cypher to their Friday Sunset series. It's a freestyle dance battle and to find out more about that you can go to mpavilion.com. And also starting at M Pavilion on the 14th is the Climate Emergency Cinema, which is powered by Push Bikes. This week they're showing Climate Emergency short films and you can help with the pedal power. For more information, head to mpavilion.org. M Pavilion is really happening this week. If you want to involve yourself in a collaborative performance project, you can head to Sinkhole on the 18th. Find out more at mpavilion.com. And now it's time for my feature review. And this week's review is about Party Snake at the Burrow, which closes tonight. So this is your last chance to see the show for yourself. Party Snake is being performed between the 8th and the 12th of January. And it is on at the Burrow Underground Art Space. The show is written and directed by Katrina Gasset and performed by Lachlan Martin. Party Snake is a monologue for a drag performer written by Katrina Gasset, who in 2018 brought us this that. Party Snake is enjoying its fourth season having done the Fringe Festival circuit to rave reviews and is now playing at The Burrow. In this its premiere set of runs, the character, no name is provided in the show or the program, is played by Martin. A drag queen transitions from her night persona to his day persona as a primary school teacher. Martin transposes himself from electrifying to vulnerable with mastery and authenticity. As a cis woman, I have never really thought about this, but when he says in his male persona he is the most vulnerable, it really made me stop and think hard about what drag can mean in modern times. In fact, it is this quality of forcing me to think, which is what I like about Jose's writing in general. In this monologue, she references classical cultural things including Steinbeck's East of Eden, the biblical fall of man, the Stonewall riots, and in particular O'Brien's article on the psychology of drag. Unfortunately, I end up disagreeing with Shisait's analogies and allegories because despite the cleverness and complexity of the connections, I don't feel she goes deep enough in her dramaturgy to really understand the links she is using and how they undermine the statements she is trying to make in her writing. Add to that the issue of a cis woman trying to write the story of a drag queen, a situation she can have no authentic experience of, and we end up with a play which is confused and full of overconfident pop psychology and just a little over the line of insensitive at times. 
The stroke of genius in Party Snake is making the central character a primary school drama teacher. This is not only historically homagic, but also incredibly apt given Australia's current situation with new religious discrimination laws. Jesse asks the question whether a person's personal life does or should impact their professional life. Interestingly for me, I would suggest that the issue of the character being a drag queen at night has no impact on the teaching at all. On the other hand, what could be a powerful statement is undermined by the fact that this particular drag queen is literally off her tits on alcohol and drugs after a fun night out and having returned home at 5.30 in the morning, she needs to do a few lines of cocaine in order to face his day job, teaching primary school kids about theatre. It is also possibly because her attitude that teachers, all teachers, are failures at what they really wanted to do is incredibly offensive and is another good reason why he should not be teaching anymore. It is the drugs and alcohol which make it inappropriate for this person to be a teacher, not the drag or homosexuality as is his inclination. I am aware that drugs and alcohol are a big problem in the LGBTQIA community and there is a wonderful and internationally popular Melbourne podcast called Love and Luck which speaks to this problem and sets out to create a community free from those demons. There are two big themes running through most of Party Snake, that of choice and the other is of freedom. Looking something like the love child of Conchita Wurst and Rhonda Birchmore, Martin in drag demonstrates a confidence and brashness which, as I mentioned earlier, he does not feel when interacting as a man. He talks about creating the drag persona as being an act of freedom and speaks of a time when he berates his mother for living a life of lies which, it is inferred, is because she does not recognise gender fluidity. This is where the review will get very controversial, but sometimes things need to be said. One of the false premises which seems often to underscore the LGBTQIA rhetoric is this idea that we are all somewhere on a spectrum, but most of us are in denial. On the one hand, I see the point, and a binary male-female viewpoint is unworkable and not evidenced in human society ever. On the other hand, a significant portion of the population are on the very far edges of that spectrum, one side or the other. I cannot speak for anyone else, but I am a cis woman and I have never even had the slightest wish to be a man, trans or drag, and despite questions from people around me, I feel most definitely straight, although I do believe who someone sleeps with is nobody's business. Thus, for me, I have no confusion and feel as free as a woman in our society is able to feel. Creating a male persona may open doors for me, but what do I do after I go through them because I certainly don't want to be wearing that skin for any length of time. Of course, women have always had it a bit easier because wearing pants, a historically male signifier, is more socially acceptable. That is what drag is, using exaggerated opposite gender signifiers for a purpose. This leads me to another set of fallacies in Jose's script. She talks about safe spaces and how drag queens have never had a safe space. This comes in reference to the Psychology of Drag article, where O'Brien posits these behaviours typically occur in protected social worlds as a way to gain status within that world. I don't believe Jusset has read the articles deeply enough for meaning or done enough research into the history of drag. 
Gasset infers drag has always been a queer phenomenon and only goes back to the 50s and 60s when it was part of an underground culture which suffered great social stigma and rejection and evolved many beatings and deaths by mainstream society. Gasset seems to have overlooked the word protected and therefore has missed the point that the social world evolutionary psychologists are talking about is the drag community in this instance. She also misses the history of drag, which goes back deep into the recesses of time. It is a word synonymous with female impersonator and is actually a theatrical term. Shakespeare did it, Kabuki did it, and many other cultures engaged in dressing male actors as women. This leads me to another point the LGBTQIA culture often miss. Whilst wearing drag may be a modern symbol of freedom for them, it is an ancient symbol of female oppression for cis women, and it came about because women were not allowed to be stage actors, amongst so many other things, of course. If you are a drag queen getting a negative reaction from a cis woman, you might want to think about that for a moment before ripping her to shreds. The word drag entered the lexicon in the late 1800s with the rise of pantomime and then came to the USA through vaudeville and it was actually the Provence of straight men. It was the prohibition era in the USA which apparently melded drag, which came from female costumes dragging on the ground, with an underground culture and the queer community because speakeasies were a place for people to be free from laws and society and structure. The end of the Prohibition era saw the end of the safe underground spaces and that is the era Gasset is referencing. That black hole between Prohibition and the emergence of gay pride in 1970. The other big contradiction in Party Snake comes right at the end. There is an underlying tone and theme of loneliness which encompasses Martin's character which culminates in him listening to Elvis Presley's Are You Lonesome Tonight as the dawn comes. Straight afterwards, however, he goes on to say he has a partner, Adam, who loves him. He spends a moment talking about how tender and real their relationship is before the show closes. So, was everything before a lie? Why was he out partying like it was the end of the world, if this is true? I feel like this has been tacked on to avoid the tragic and doomed drag queen cliché, but it's moments like these which really make it obvious Gasset is not writing about what she knows. Party Snake is a story I want to hear, and Martin performs it wonderfully and with authenticity. I just want to hear it from somebody with lived experience. I am tired of the white privilege history of telling other people's stories. It made sense in the past when minorities were disenfranchised and needed others to tell their stories or they wouldn't be heard at all. Now though, space is being made for those people to speak to us directly and that space does not need to be filled by advocates. I gave Party Snake two and a half stars. If you would like to comment on this review, you can go to whatdidshethink.com and have your say in the comments section under the review. You can also invite me to review your show through the Contact Me gadget on the left of the page. And now it's time for something special. And today's special treat is a message from Caroline Ferguson about her upcoming show, Darlin. It's the Genie Little Show. You are darlings. Now, you may have gathered that I'm not one to rest much. After Hello Darling finished, I thought to myself, I need to keep working. So, why don't I go all out and try and be someone else? But who could I be? Now, darlings, this idea for a show 
about someone famous. Needed glamour darlings, truly, honestly, really. A woman with big stories. Someone who was loved and whom people could sympathise with. Well, you know, I thought about Lucille Ball and Carmen Miranda. But who are darlings? Marlena Dietrich was the one I fell in love with. Marlena was the one I wanted to be. Latins are tenderly enthusiastic. In Brazil, they throw flowers at you. In Argentina, they throw themselves. Falling in love again, never wanted to. What am I to do? I can't help it. Black market sneak around the corner. Cuckoo clocks and treasures, a thousand little pleasures. Black market sneak around the corner. Stockings for the missus, chewing gum for kisses. Who are darlings? Honestly, truly, that show Marlena, a tribute to Dietrich, ran for almost 10 years, all the way up until 1996. I mean, honestly, truly, darlings, I even did it in San Francisco and got a standing ovation. And you know, darlings, that night made me feel like I could match it with almost anyone. In the Sydney Morning Herald, they even said that I could sing better than Marlena. So, darlings, after that huge surprise, I decided to do a show about Marilyn Monroe. Truly, darlings, what a dive into the deep end that was. In Hollywood, they pay you $1,000 for a movie, but 50 cents for your soul. Oh, ooh-ah! Could anyone ever get to the bottom of her life? I mean, everyone in the audience just loved all the stories surrounding her. The affairs with John F. Kennedy and Robert. Ooh-ah, darlings, the younger brother. The Hollywood producers who took advantage of her and the way the poor darling could never show her true self. I'd be at these venues till all hours. Barry'd say, come on, Jeannie, we've got to go. We've got to go. Another show tomorrow. Darlings, I'd be singing those Marilyn songs, even as Baz was shoving me into the car. I want to be loved by you, just you and nobody else but you. I want to be loved by you alone. Boop, boop, be doo. Oh, I've been on a calendar. But I've never been on time. Who are darlings? You can find out more information about Darlin. It's the Genie Little Show at thebutterflyclub.com. Ah, <coughs> oh, so what's coming up? It's a plethora of choices. So much is happening next week as the theatre scene really kicks in in Melbourne in earnest. MTC are doing their final two play readings on the 20th and the 21st at M Pavilion as part of their MTC at M Pavilion series and you can find out more at mpavilion.com. They also open the show Home I'm Darling on the 20th in the Sumner Theatre which now has an extended season and you can find out more at my site whatdidshethink.com. Queen Bet, the biggest bitch in Hollywood, is opening in the Studio Theatre at Gasworks on the 21st. For more information, head to gasworks.org.au. La Mama also has two shows opening on the 21st at the Courthouse. You can find out more about The Circle at whatdidshethink.com. And for more information about the top secret violin case, head to lamama.com.au. 
Movies coming up next week at Move and Bed include Ad Astra, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Zombieland Double Tap, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Last Christmas and Dirty Dancing. For more information, head to moveinbed.com. And don't forget the Friday Sunset series at M Pavilion, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at Her Majesty's Theatre, and Chicago at Art Centre Melbourne. So much choice. Sing-along drag time, The Robot and Queer Spawn are all open at the Melbourne Spiegel Tent next week from the 20th. And you can get more information about them and the whole Rainbow Family Hub itinerary at themelbourspiegeltent.com. Finally... Once Upon a Drag Time Story is playing for one day at Gasworks on the 24th of January. You can read my review of their Footscray season at whatdidshethink.com. Just search for Once Upon a Drag Time Story or head to gasworks.org.au for information about this event. What Did She Do is created by myself, Samsara. If you like what you heard, this podcast is hosted on Pinecast and you can leave a tip or if you want to support me to keep doing what I'm doing, you can become a subscriber. Just follow the tip dial link in the show notes. You can get my reviews hot off the press as they come out by following whatdidshethink.com by email. What did she do?